If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women Community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump into the episode. Is there a solution to infidelity, honestly, other than like the marriage counseling? I've thought about this a lot. And I think that the like every problem in this world comes down to one thing, and it's how we treat other people. The source of my choice to cheat was a lot of my unhealthy grip on religion, right? Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that I necessarily chose for myself. That was something that was indoctrinated into me. Yeah. So there's that piece of it. And basically, I mean, I think the only way that you eradicate adultery is you either get rid of marriage completely, but that still won't combat deceit, right? Because at the crux of it is deceit. And I think that the reason people choose deceit is because they're ashamed of what they really like. I chose it's like my... In the end, it's like emo emotional management, right? It's just yeah. like you you yeah. managing yourself and knowing... Well, if you it's know about how to manage finding yourself, your voice you... truly and speaking well, your mind yeah. and being able to do that because I was talking to somebody yesterday. Like we had somebody come and look at the house because we're looking for renters and she saw this whole setup. She was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I create content. And I'm starting to try to get myself more confident about what it is I'm doing. Because a lot of people, they'll be like, what the fuck? No way. Tell me more. You know, they're really curious, especially yeah. when they see me in person because they're not, you know, I'm not like just a thing on their screen. And she was like, my first marriage imploded because of infidelity. And I was the betrayed wife. And she's like seven years out. And she's like, I think that is incredible. I was like, yeah, I see it as kind of a healing conversation between the betrayer and the betrayed. And she was like, I am an energy healer now, like because of what I went through, like she's all into it. And she was telling me that her grandpa, when she was little, she's like part Native American. And she's like, so much of it just blends in together. And she's like, I just thought everyone kind of grew up that way. And I was like, same. I thought everybody grew up the same way as I did until shit happen but she was just I don't know it's wild seeing how many people it impacts and it's such a such a turn of the page as far as the conversation goes because the conversation usually is just no don't do that and as a parent now right no don't do that isn't effective it's not effective at all I actually have to model healthy behavior to my children for them to have healthy behavior. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know if there's any eradicating infidelity because you would have to, I think that there's educating people before they get married on how infidelity occurs. Because if I hadn't done like the self-discovery thing to understand why I chose what I chose, it's kind of what Julie said. She was like, if you were a cheater, you would have stayed in that first marriage and you would have continued cheating for the rest of your life. And I think oh, wow. she's kind of right. I think she's kind of right. Lots of people who just think that cheating is just something that you have to accept about the world. And I'm like, I don't really no. want 
Yeah. Like I, I don't, don't want people to, to feel like deceit is their only option and that they can't be safe enough inside of a relationship or inside of themselves. Right. Because when I picked my first husband, he had all of the pedigree. He had the entire pedigree, you know, stable family life. He was cute. Like I found him attractive. He was, he was on his way to become a doctor. He had all these things that were going for him. It's like everything that society has told you, yeah, this yeah. is what you need. This is like the 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. And then all of a sudden I meet Stan and I suck and fall hard. Like, yeah, I'm an emotional person, but like I've never felt compelled towards another being the way that I felt towards Stan. And this piece is where like, I'm not even sure of what I understand about the world because I no longer have a desire to like go look for anybody else. I no longer, you know, like all of that's pretty gone. So I don't know. I just, I just don't know if you can eradicate cheating and I don't understand serial cheating. Well, serial cheating might be one of those as a habit in terms of eradicating cheating. It's like one of those things that you see on Twitter for me, at least I see it on Twitter all the time is that like things that you should have learned in school. Yeah. For me, like I a hundred percent believe we should meditate, like we should learn how to meditate, emotional regulation, learn how to control your thoughts, something that no one has ever taught me, whatever, I had to be like 23 or 24 until I started and I was yep. like burned out. You know, yep. other thing is like how to communicate with other people. No, you learn math, French, uh, I can speak five languages, but I could not speak to someone else. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what is this? It's like, am I going to learn that when I am supposed to get a job and network with people where I, but I, I mean, don't know how the, to network? I swear to God, the working world t taught me so much. Once I had a, a professional career, it, it like opened my eyes to everything. And it was just like the world became so much more vibrant yeah. and the depths of gray and black and white all really fucking changed because who was I to say that? how anybody else chose to live their life since it was different than mine. How could I say that they were wrong? I don't know. And also the corporate world is just so slimy. You may see good parts, but you also see like the worst. And then you're like, you, you have a, a different perspective of the world. Mm -hmm. And it was like me meeting a Muslim person for the first time. And like, I had an image in my mind of what a Muslim person was. And then when I actually had to engage with them, right. And interact with them, I was like, fuck, what if my religion is completely wrong? What mm -hmm. if, what if, what if I'm wrong? And then I, you know, then I started to like, be like, well, maybe I just have a misunderstanding of my religion and maybe my grip on religion is the problem, not necessarily religion itself. It's like, how can you know that this is the one, like, again, like we had this conversation last week, it was like who the one in terms of like mm -hmm. a person, the same mm -hmm. thing for the religion. It's like you have been taught X, Y, and Z, and then mm -hmm. you are at this point in your life. And then you get to meet all these other people that are still living, they are happy, with mm -hmm. other religions mm -hmm. and then it's like okay well this like where do i fit in right yeah. it's like it's just because i am in a, in this specific culture that i have to have this religion can i not like incorporate a few religions or a few values or principles i think mm -hmm. that the, the the lessons ultimately the lessons of every single religion they are the same mm -hmm. and the what is giving is being given away they're all the same mm -hmm. but 
the way it has been taught is is different. And also the image that you get from, like, as you said, like I met the first Muslim, mm-hmm. like I had this one image of that person. And then now like my whole world is being shaken. It's like, yeah. okay, well maybe like it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's, I had that when I went to university because for me, most, when I was in high school, that was mostly Christians. And then I went to the UK and all of the sudden I was like the only Luxembourger slash Portuguese, all British from all over the country, Indian, whatever. And I was like, welcome to a new world. Yeah. And that's, that was, that was also is just it- like shaken. Is where you grew up, were you pretty like, like, did you travel at all when you were growing up and stuff? Well, yes, but always to the same country. So my parents, they are Portuguese, both of Uh them. And so whenever we traveled, it was always to Portugal to see our grandparents and the rest of the family because we're immigrants, basically. Um, Or to Switzerland, where there is my other aunt and uncle. That's great. I mean, Stan's parents were immigrants and they owned a Chinese restaurant and like Mm -hmm. I have such and this is like a recent like newfound respect because when they found out that we were getting together his dad was like the fuck and like we didn't even tell them we were getting married it was a surprise wedding and so like we flew them out and like his dad I guess started tearing him apart for like getting married to me wow I didn't know any of this like I kind of knew but like Stan would never tell me the full story and now man, mandarin yeah how, man, yeah how do you call it? man mandarin 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 i was like mandalorian yeah. mandalorian is star wars mandalorian. Yeah. yeah but his dad and his mom like his mom has always been whatever makes you happy but that wasn't until he was self-sustaining before that she had you know opinions on what he should be doing with his life and how he should be living it yeah mm. But his dad, oh yeah, he's like, now he's always, he'll call me and he'll be like, I saw you on TikTok. How are you? How do I get my TikTok to grow? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. What, what, does, like, what does he want to grow? Like the TikTok, the, the, the restaurant account? No, or his he, own like, personal he's brand? gardening. Like he's retired now. Like whenever they oh. come and like Stan has to work, I'll be like, oh, you guys want to go to Chinatown? And then I'm basically, you know, their tour guide. And so I'll take them wherever they want and just do stuff with them and entertain them. And it's been, I mean, it's been like eight years of like me kind of being like, I can't pour tea like a Chinese national and I eat out a lot. So this is what you get, you know, it's kind of fucking funny. But do they mind is like, or is it just like their standards? I think I remember... in the beginning, they cared a lot about Stan making the decision to leave China. So, was, so let me let me get this straight because his parents they're immigrants mm-hmm. to America. But they, to America, okay. Why is he is Stan then leaving China? Stan. So what happened with Stan was he grew up in Mississippi, which is like the Bible Belt of the world. It's like very traditional Christian, and his parents just you know glommed on to whatever whatever worked for them at the time. And when he went from when he went from Mississippi or him and his dad got into a big fight about what he was going to do as far as school goes. So Stan had like finished high school and his dad was like, okay, now you go to college. And he was like, fuck that. I don't want any of your money. 
And so Stan was like, I'm joining the army. So he joins the army, gets, you know, like all kinds of public funding, allowing him to pursue college. He ends up going to the University of Alabama after he gets back from Bosnia. That's where he served. And then while he, when he came back, his dad was like, okay, now you go back to school and you get a master's degree and, or you get, he had already gotten a master's degree. Stan had gotten a master's in epidemiology and he goes, okay, now it's time to get your doctorate or whatever. And Stan was like, go fuck yourself. I am not doing that. And so then he ends up landing a position that was located in China for a shoe company. And his dad basically was like, what happened to you? The army hit your head. I bring you all the way from China and now you go back, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's like, what the fuck? I gave you a leg up in life and this is how you're going to do it. So then when Stan went back to China, Stan started making a ton of money and like helping his family too with all of the money that he had earned. And his dad never even like really bad an eye at it. It was kind of just like, well, I'm the reason that you were able to do that anyways. Like it, it always turned back to him. Like he was like, you don't appreciate what I did enough. And for, for him to take credit of what Stan did with his life post year 18 is kind of nuts. And it gets under Stan's skin, like really bad. And so then he ends up back in China. He didn't, I guess he didn't know whether it was going to be like a long-term thing, but he ended up staying in China for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh -huh. And then I met him while he was living in China. And you were traveling. Yeah. For, for I was traveling for work and I was a workaholic at that point. Like I loved my work. I loved how productive it made me feel. I loved all of the accolades. I loved the attention. Like it was amazing. Then when I met Stan, I was like, okay, you want to do this thing for real, for real? Like, I'll do it. Like, I'll build a life with you, but you have to move back. And so there was like a six month period where after the affair, Stan lived in Asia. I lived in the US and he would come and visit occasionally. What do you mean by after the affair? After I blew up the affair. So after okay. I told my ex like, hey, yo, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go off onto my own. Oh, so, so that's... Actually, that, that's a good point because I'd never realized that the affair is basically over when you, once you tell someone. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, when do they stop being affair partners? And I think it's like, it when it's has to be when, you, when it's not a secret anymore. But then it's like so many of these people, they get caught. They're affair partners. They get caught. They say they're not going to do it again. They say that they're not going to. I mean, I did it too. Like my ex was like, you can't talk to him while also talking to me. And I was like, I couldn't stop. I could not stop talking to Stan. It was so much easier for me to let go of my ex than to let go of Stan. And so I was hooked. But yeah, I think that the affair, you, you're no longer, but then are you just like boyfriend and girlfriend? Because yeah, illegal. Well, illegally, I don't know what legal is. Yeah. You're married, right? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, you were saying like six months after the affair. So six months after the affair, he finally moves back. And that was like, that was when reality really came crashing in because we were no longer long distance. I wasn't, I was no longer living in the same place. I had changed my job already. I had done all of that stuff. 
And so then when he came, we had this little apartment on the beach in California and he was just going, he, the company that he was working for gave him a non-compete. So they basically paid him money not to work. And so all he had to do was sit at home all day and pick up dog shit. And that was not stimulating enough for him. So he was like, fuck this. Why don't you quit your job and let's go build a business together in Las Vegas. And I was like, all right. So we did. And it was so like, you want to talk about like the beginning of a relationship and making it hard. We made yeah. it super hard. It's like you you build a business. You First and foremost, you don't build a business with friends. No. That's the like, unless you have contracts in place, then building a business with your partner, mm-hmm. like, no. Well, yes, you can. If you're already established and you already, you have some ground rules, but like just after an affair, like just yeah. moving in and okay, let's oh, move, yeah. build a business. Damn, that's and like so, hardcore. Like, there was like probably a year went by where I was working, where, you know, I was, that was my salary was building this business with him. And I was like, okay, if so I'm going to- business? It was a shoe business. L-I-U-I-D is the name of the brand, Live Until I Die. And we built this little shoe business. We had so many learning curves that we still needed to do. Wait, and so, so it still exists? No, it okay, doesn't. Okay, because I see-, I see There's like, shoes up and stuff. You'll see there's I definitely a digital footprint. And what happened- That's so cool. I made, I made like the final, I had a final straw again. I was like, okay, it's either we're going to have this relationship or we're going to have this business. And I was like, I'll go find a job elsewhere. So I went, I found a job uh, doing Amazon shit in Vegas. And then our relationship started to get good because I had, we had done some space in there. And then we, yeah, our relationship finally started to get good. And then I got pregnant with Layla and from there on out, he even said, he said the other day, he was like, I think everything shifted for me when Layla came into the world. We even have this stupid video. It's not stupid, but whenever I gave birth to Layla, like the first thing that like him and I are shouting are like, she's ours, she's ours. Like she's all ours. Like it's so sweet. And like, she is, she was, you know, a really unifying force in what we wanted to build. And like, I used to have this belief that if I was marrying a person for the sake of having babies, that wasn't the right reason to marry them. Yeah. Now I don't think that really. Now I think like we both were really passionate about having children and it was actually the alignment of our passion that made our relationship super productive as far as individual growth goes, I think. Interesting. Because w- I'm, I'm of the belief or sort of, I actually never thought about this, but for me, like the, the kids is just like a byproduct if you actually want them and you want, you desire to be parents, but mm-hmm. the relationship comes first, right? And from what mm-hmm. I understand, it's more like we both want kids and that those kids will improve our relationship. No, kids will no, never, right? I don't think kids will ever improve your relationship. They will, I think that they evolve you. I think that my of children course, have- yeah have caused me to evolve and think about the world differently. And I understand the world differently because they're here. But like me and Stan, I still think that some of our most connected moments are when we are 
looking at our kids in the same moment and laughing and like enjoying them. And there's other stuff that I enjoy about our relationship, but really those moments are the ones where I'm like, I feel our souls being tied together right now. <laughs> right. Let's not make it to that naughty. Okay. Oh, shut up. No. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, I can't go into the naughty stuff, dude. I looked at a video I did like a long ass time ago of like me talking about sex in an affair. And I was like, yeah, I'm, it's not me. It's not me. It's too yeah. cringe. Too cringe. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, thank you. The only affair I can prevent is my own. That's it. Because it. Yeah, but on a general level. On can you eradicate? Can you eradicate infidelity? And I, I don't think you can. For as long as you have humans, you won't be able to. There was some like change in stats report that was done recently regarding infidelity and the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah, like infidelity went down because you didn't have the workplace anymore to connect with others. And oh, yeah. the divorce rates went up because then you were actually forced to look at the marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of couples struggled with the fact of like being 24-7 with the same person in the house. We did. We definitely did. And now I like, there was something that like really shifted within both Stan and I. I think during the pandemic, like after Vicky died and stuff. After who died? My, my stepmom died of okay. COVID. And it's the it, first time you mentioned her name, actually. Vicky is my stepmom's name. I used to call her the sexertary because she was the other woman. Okay. Sexertary. Yeah, the sexertary. When I was a kid and I just wanted to insult her. Yeah, Man. I guess. How do you feel about that now? Because you, you had a great relationship. I think it's like... fucking funny still. I still think it's funny. We had a tumultuous relationship. Like this is one of the things that's really hard for me talking about this with the stepmoms of the world, essentially. She had so much like pent up misery inside of herself. Like part of the reason I think I'm fucking doing this is because I feel like she's telling me to teach people how to be fucking happy because it she just had all of these insecurities around stuff. Like she never sang out loud. Her mom would always shame her when she was a little girl about singing. So she never sang, even though she loved music, like up until the day she died, she never sang. And then she, like, like I would come artist. home. What? Blocked artist. Yeah. I would come home and I really wanted to like have my friends over and stuff from college. Like I would come back home and I'd be like, oh, my best friend is right around the corner. I haven't seen her. I'm going to have her come over. And Vicky would start to block me. Like she would be like, oh, you can't have your friends over because they don't even come over when you're not here. And I'm like, why the fuck would they? And she's like, they just want to use us for our house. And like all of these, like my parents were pretty well off. And I was like, that's such a fucked up view you have of somebody else you think that the only reason that they want to come and sit at your kitchen table is so that they can be inside of what your mansion I don't think that's why people show up I think that they're genuinely interested in like how you're doing and all of that but you can't see past your own insecurity yeah. I think that like I was forced to grow up very fast because of the stepdaughter dynamic and my mom was gone and then my dad did the whole, oh, she's the mother of the house. You have to talk to her. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.